but I want to share a verse of scripture with you today and to dive in some thoughts as we carry on with our Redefined series. And today we're going to my favorite book of the Bible. We're going to Ephesians. That's a good one. If you're looking for something to read in the Bible, make sure you go and read Ephesians because it is good. So here we go. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, and as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Today, I want to talk to you in another installment of our Redefined series. Today, we're going to redefine the church. Redefine the church. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this awesome day. Thank you for this time that we have to gather together to worship, this time we have together to hear from your word. And I just pray over the next few moments, Father, Lord, that you would just speak to us, Father. Lord, that you would help us to see what your church is all about, what you intended it to be. And I pray, Father, that we will truly become the church that you want us to be. I pray, Father, for your help to share this message. I pray, God, that it will build us up. I pray it will give us faith to believe, God, that you can do anything in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So I went on a cruise last weekend and I, I missed you. We missed you so much. And I want to give a shout out and just say thanks to all the folks who kept church going for all of our staff. Come on. Benjamin did a great job sharing that message last week with you. And so uh, on the cruise, though, man, it is people watching at its best. Like you see some people on a cruise, like so many different interesting people from all over the world. And I'm talking people who are different, y'all. And uh, what's interesting is as different as everyone is and for all the different places that they are from, they all come together for one purpose, to get away for a vacation. Now, I want, you to, I want you to think about this for a moment. We take time off of work. We spend hard-earned money to go out in the middle of the sea with about 5,000 people that we don't know. Like, that was my experience uh, last weekend. And just seeing all of the different people, I'm telling you, there are some people that were on that cruise ship that made me feel so much better about who I am. It, I'm telling you, there was so many people that were just, let's just say they were interesting. Um, we went to this karaoke show that I will never, ever forget. There was a guy that was singing and he could not sing. And uh, let's just say 
He put on a show, though, and uh, let's not forget about this. I saw people wearing swimsuits that just make you feel so uncomfortable. Just, you should not wear that. And um, just people from all over the world, from all these different walks of life. And I had the thought, man, the things that we will do for a few days of pleasure, like the things that we will endure for a few days of pleasure, but then I started thinking, what would we be willing to do for a life of purpose? That's what we would do for a few days of pleasure. What would we do for a life of purpose? So I know this. We love to go out. We love to go and do things. But have you ever considered that you have been called out? Like, yeah, we like to go. But have you ever considered that you've been called? And so today I want to redefine church for you a little bit. When you hear this word calling, it, it stirs up a lot of different things. What am I called to do? And today I want to present it not so much from what you're called to do, but from the perspective of who you are called to be. And so when you think of church, many people think of the building, like there is a building and that is the church. And that building is just a structure that's been made by a man to house people that may come in to worship, or they may think of church as the different denominations. And there's many different denominations built around different ideas and different doctrines and those types of things. But it really, when you look at it, church is not a denomination. It's not a building. Church is people. The church is people. In fact, when you look at church, there's the global church, which is all of the believers that follow Jesus all over the globe, and not just right now, but for generations and generations and even generations to come. So you have the global church, but then you have the local church. And this is, this is the gathering of believers in a city or in a community. So Emerge Church is a local church, but we're a part of the global church. And the word church, it literally means this word, and this is the word in the Greek, and, and, and maybe you can use this week and sound really fancy to your friends. But the word church, it, it, the Greek word is ekklesia, ekklesia, and it literally means the assembly or gathering of believers throughout the earth who have been called out of the world to follow Jesus. I'm, I'm going to share that again. It's the assembly or the gathering of believers throughout the earth who have been called out of the world to follow Jesus. We're called out of the world to come and follow Jesus. So, so let me say it this way. The church is those who have been called out of the world and we're following Jesus. So, say, so we're called out, but we come together. We're called out of the world, but we're coming together to worship and to serve his purpose. And one of the verses that I really think highlights who the church is, is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. And one of the things you can appreciate about Peter and how he wrote his book of the Bible is he's just straight at it. I mean, he's not going to fluff it up. If he's suffering, he's going to let you know you're going to suffer. If it's going good, he's going to let you know it's going good. And so in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, he gives us this glimpse into who the church really, really is. And I want you to hear this because we live in a culture that has so many ideas of what church is and, and how church is supposed to be. But I want you to hear this. He says, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into 
his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. I love that. Now you are God's people. So whenever you begin to talk about the church, you can't just look at it as a group of people that believe a certain way. The true church, the church that Jesus Christ is building, are those who have been called out of the darkness into his wonderful light, and we have a new, identif- uh, a new identity. We are identified as God's very own people. That's an incredible thing to know, that God wants you to be his. He's chosen you. He's called you from the darkness of the world to come into the light, and he says, hey, that's my person. That's my son. That's my daughter. Now, let's look at this word called, because this is a buzzword. And, and I hear people say this all the time. I'm called to this. I'm called to that. I'm called to this. I'm called to that. I want to bring it home, though, because the word called means this. It means to invite. It means to give a name to. Think about that. He's calling you out of the darkness. He's literally inviting you. Now, I want you to think about invitations. You get an invitation to a party in the mail, or maybe you get an invitation on social media. Usually what happens with those invitations is they sit unanswered. They sit unanswered because we're contemplating, oh, do I really want to go to this party? Do I really want to go and do this? Do I really want to be a part of that? There's an invitation that he is sending out to you. And the question is, are you responding to the invitation? So God's inviting you, check this out, he's inviting you to a new identity, to identify with light instead of darkness. He's saying, hey, I want you to come into the light. I want you to come into the life that I have for you. The life you're trying to build in and of yourself, it's not going to satisfy. It's not going to complete you. It's not going to give you what you want. But we're talking about the author of life, the creator of life that is sending you a personal invitation. If you're watching this today, it's literally like God saying, hey, wait, you got to tell them I'm inviting them into the light, into this life that I have for them. And the question is, will you respond? Can I say this? There's a lot of people that go to church that are still sitting in darkness. They're in church, but they're still sitting in darkness and they haven't responded to the invitation. They haven't responded to to being identified with Christ. But he's inviting you today. I want you to know he sees you. He sees exactly where you are. In fact, he can see the darkness of your sin. He can see the darkness of the mess that you feel like you're in, and he's calling you out today. He's inviting you to live a new life in the light of his goodness. Um, Several years ago, we went to a wedding uh, in Kentucky uh, with some family, and um, one of the uh, family members, Aunt Trudy, asked my sister-in-law, Hope, she said, Hope, do your kids ever go out in the sun? And uh, we were laughing. And then she said that she said, they are so white, they look like they're translucent. And, and that was like one of the biggest jokes ever that I've ever heard. Now, I want to counter that because since I've been back from the cruise, I had a few people coming to me and they say, man, I can tell you've been in the sun. You look like you've gotten a little bit of sun. Can I say this? You can tell when people have been living in the darkness, but you can also tell when people have been living in the light. He calls us out of the darkness and he's inviting us to come into the light. Now, I want you to think about this this morning. When Jesus comes on the scene, 
His message was so simple. His message was this. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, which that word sounds so like, like threatening and it's not really threatening. It's actually inviting. He's saying, hey, let's, let's make some changes. Let's make some changes from living this dark life to coming and living in the light. Let's, let's go from something that's taking life away from you to living a life that is life-giving, that is life-changing. And so literally, he's calling us, he's inviting us into a changed life. He was inviting us into a new life, and that's what the kingdom of God is. That's what the church is. It's new life. It's the fullness of life in Christ rather than settling, just settling for pleasure. Like, I want you to hear that. The fullness of life in Christ is better than the best pleasure that you can have on this earth. The fullness of a life in Christ is so much more than what you have ever experienced than what you've ever known. And he's sending you a personalized invitation. He's saying, hey, come and live in this fullness of life. And really, you know what he was saying? Heaven has come to earth, but you can't see it and you can't experience it unless you accept the invitation. This is what's so important. And that's why I say there's a lot of people who are sitting in church. They're in church, but they haven't become the church because they're still living the same life they've always been living. But yet he has called us to live an abundant life, the fullness of life, something that has gotten inside of us that regardless of what's going on around us, there's still a peace. There's still hope and there is still joy. There is a difference between a person who's living in darkness and a person who's living in the light. So he's calling for you. And I, I want to break this down a little bit for you today. Because again, that word calling, it becomes so buzzword. And, and it's so, um, it can sound so affirming because, oh, the Lord has called me to do this and I'm called to do that. I'm called. But who are you called to be? Because what you do is going to come out of who you are becoming. So I want to break this down for you today and put it in the context of us, the church, not just the church building. Look at us today. The building was having issues, but church is still going on because the church is people. It's not the four walls. It's us. So the church can keep going even if the building can't hang with us. We can still do this. I want to talk to you about his calling for you, the church. Here's the first one. He's called us to believe in Jesus for our salvation. He's called you to, let me say it like this. He's called us to be believers. Think about it. If we're going to be the church, the church that Jesus Christ is building, we have to become believers. You got to be a believer. Think of this. Jesus paid the price for your sins. And the only way that you and I can receive forgiveness is by what? Believing in him, by trusting in him, by committing to him. And so I will say it like this. As the church, we are believers. We believe in him. We live by faith. We believe that all things are possible. We believe that God can do anything. We believe that God can save anyone. And we believe that God can change anyone's lives. We are believers. And so the invitation that he sends out to you and I to come from the dark, to live into the light, he's saying, hey, I'm calling you to believe. I'm calling you to be a believer. Are you a believer today? Are you still skeptical? At what point are you going to say, that's it, I'm going all in, Jesus, I'm trusting you. I am believing that you are the way, the truth, 
and the life. Did you hear that? Not just the truth and not just good ways, but he is the life that you and I have been looking for, that we've been searching for. Do you believe that today? Here's the second thing that he's called. Yes, he's calling us to believe, but he's also calling us to belong to his family. Belong to his family. Can I say this? There's a lot of people who belong to a church, but their lives do not show that they belong to Jesus. And that's a good amen point right there. Does your life show that you belong to Jesus? Just like when Aunt Trudy asked Hope, do your kids ever go out in the sun? They're so white, they look translucent. They, they, there is nothing that looks like they have been in the light. Does your life look like it has been in the light? Meaning this, do you look more and more like Jesus? He's called us to belong to his family. That means this, that we take on his identity. I've heard people tell me, I can, I can tell who your dad is. You're one of those Moran boys. You look just like your dad. You act just like your dad. There's, there's some similarities. Why? Because I am in that family. That is my family. And God the Father, what does he do? He calls you and he adopts you in as sons and daughters. And this is what that says. It says that he wants you and he knows everything about us. He knows all the things we've done, even the secret things we've never told anybody. He knows all about it. And yet he still wants you. He chooses you. So this is where I can say we don't just go to church. We are the church and the church is the family of God. He wants you to be a part of his family. He's giving you the place to belong, the family to belong to. He's inviting you today. Will you respond or will the invitation stay waiting on the counter? He's inviting you today to believe in him for your salvation, but he's inviting you and he's calling out to you today. And he says, Hey, I want you to belong to my family. Here's the next thing he's calling us to, to become who he wants us to be. God has a plan for our lives. You probably heard that so much. It's just, oh, so random. It's so like, oh, cliche. You say that all the time. But I know that God has a good plan for our lives. And can I tell you this, that God wants you to be blessed. And one thing I've learned is you cannot earn blessings. You can work so hard, but you cannot earn, you can earn a paycheck, but you cannot earn blessings. And God, he wants to bless you. Amen. He wants to bless you, but he also wants you to live right. So to become who he wants you to be, isn't just stepping into success, but it's growing into a person who can be successful. Man, that's so good. He wants you to become this plan. And ultimately the plan is for each of us to become like Jesus. And when you hear that, some people think, oh, he just wants me to be holier than thou. No, that is not what it means. I want you to think about everything that Jesus walked through. I want you to think about all the things that he endured. And you know what? He kept going. Nothing ever stopped him. He was unstoppable. He even faced death and it could not stop him. And I believe whenever we hear becoming like Jesus, sometimes we think it means turning into this religious figure. And listen, Jesus' plan wasn't to become a religious figure. His plan was to save people from this religious life that wasn't cutting it. He was calling us into a relationship with God so we can truly become 
who he wants us to be and what we were created for. And so when you hear us say, become more like Jesus, I want you to think about having compassion when usually you would respond with anger. I want you to think about being a problem solver and making things happen because that's who Jesus was. He made things happen. He was a problem solver. He was able to walk into situations and bring change to it. That's who Jesus is. And so when we hear become who he wants us to be and becoming like Jesus, man, that's a huge thing. And that's why I say it will change your life. And this is the, this is the church. He's called us to be believers. He's called us to belong to this family, which gives us such a confidence because I know who I am in Christ, but now I can become who he wants me to be instead of just settling for the best that I can be. Can I tell you, God's plan for you is better than your best plan for yourself. It's so much better. And God is saying today, hey, I'm inviting you to it, but you got to trust me. You got to trust me that my plan of who I want you to be is so much better. And I dare you today to take a chance. I dare you today to take the risk and say, all right, Lord, I will accept the invitation to become who you want me to be. Yes, he wants you to become holy, but he also wants you to become loving. He also wants you to become a servant. He also wants you to become a leader. I'm telling you, God's got a good plan for your life. And this is the plan that he has for us as we belong to his family, as we are the church. And so he's calling us today. He's inviting you to believe him for salvation. He's inviting you to belong to his family. He's inviting you to become who he wants you to be. But he's also inviting you to build up the church. He's inviting you and I. He's saying, hey, I got, I got work to do, and I want you to be a part of the work that I'm doing. That's one of the things I love so much about Jesus. Jesus gets all the credit for the miracles, but he invited his people in. He said, hey, let's do this together. And I love that. When he, The first miracle, he turned water into wine. Jesus turned the water into wine, but he had some people that were serving it. He had some people that were putting the water in the pots. He allows us to be a part. Yes, he gets all the credit, but he gives us a part of what he's doing. And Jesus is building his church, but he gives us a part in it. And I want to say it like this. God wants to use you to impact someone else. Just like he's changing your life, chances are there was someone that was very instrumental in your life changing. And now God's saying, I want to use you to change someone's life. And so when it comes to church, this is literally what's happening. We are being equipped to do the Lord's work and build up the church. We have a part to play. He invites us into the miracles, but he also invites us into the mission. And the mission is this. The mission is to save the world. There's a lot of people that are living in darkness today. And you know some of them. You have friends. You have family members. You have coworkers, even neighbors. And man, they're going through some things. They may be in the darkness of depression. They may be going through a divorce. Their career may be in jeopardy. Their kids may be going through some things. They may be dealing with some sickness in their lives. It's just really dark. And they need someone to come and bring some light. And that's where we come in. In fact, I love what Jesus said in Matthew 5. He said, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. He says this, let your deeds shine so that others may see who? Him and praise him. That's what I believe is such a beautiful picture of the church. And so today, 
there's still an invitation that's waiting for you. It goes out to everyone to live on purpose, to belong to God's family. And he's calling out to you today to come to the light, to come be a part of his family, to come and put your faith. It's time to put your faith completely in Jesus. Not just going to church, not just enjoying what the church has to offer, but truly putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and making the decision once, for, once and for all, this is the life I now live. I used to live that way, but this is the life that I now live. So today, will you believe? Will you repent and turn from your sins? Will you surrender your life to Him and say, this is my life now. I'm not living in the darkness, but I'm coming into the light. I want to be a part of His family. I want to be the church, not just go to church. I want to be the church, not just have someone minister to me, but let God use me to minister to somebody else. I'm telling you, there's so much fulfillment in it that you, you, you get to be a part of. So today I want to pray for you because I have no doubt there's someone who's watching this right now and you're not where you need to be with God. Maybe you've been running from the Lord. You know this stuff, but you just got yourself into some situations. You've been running, and today the Lord's calling you. He's saying, hey, son, hey, daughter, it's time to come home. So I want to pray this prayer with you. It's a common prayer. You've heard it before. But today I want to invite you to pray it and mean it with your heart. And let today be the day you accept the invitation to belong to God's family. Let today be the day that you believe Him completely as you become who he wants you to be as you begin to build up his church be a part of what he is doing pray this prayer with me today say dear lord thank you so much for loving me thank you jesus for going to the cross to die for my sins thank you for paying the price for what i did wrong so that i could be made right today i accept the invitation and I choose to give you my life. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to lead me. So I make the decision now. I will follow you. I trust you. And I will live my life your way. In Jesus' name, amen.